Welcome to Watch Over, a podcast devoted to all things Arrow and Elicity. Featuring myself, Jen, aka J Buffy Angel, and me, Kelly, aka Callista Wolf. Be aware we do discuss spoilers and swear now and then, but we will always have fun and you will too. I know. I'm doing all right. Yeah. Food poisoning, huh? That's like the easier way to explain it. (laughs) It was a kind of, I don't know what this is. I'm just sick. Well, basically it was, I knew I was about to start dieting soon and getting on the eat healthy initiative. So I pulled the, starting my diet tomorrow. Today's the last hurrah. Let me eat all the bad things for you in one day. And then my body was like, why did you do that to us? <laughs> and so. Rejected. Oh, gotcha. Just rejected Hello. everything. Yeah. Kelly. Hello. How's it going? Hello. Oh, you know. Life. 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 Nothing new or interesting. Um, Kyle got a new job. Same, same agency, but. A promotion? It's 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 more money and more responsibility. So I guess that's what you would consider. We'll call it a promotion. It's like a, it's it's like a different department. Okay. But it's definitely upward movement. Which well, is good. Exactly I'm what glad that they're paying him more. Yeah. Yeah. He deserves it. He totally does. Tell him. I deserve it because if I can get a new car out of this, hell's yeah. Damn, we love I, Smokey, but we're we're also okay Smokey, with the next step. But... But I want a hybrid. <laughs> hybrid the smoke is not. I know. The gas alone on that car. Date, you're like, it's time. It's time. It's time. You know. Well, yeah. So you've had that car as long as Arrow's been on. I know. Uh, we've had it almost Plus 10 years. Off so. air. Yeah. So that's at it's, least 10 years old. Yeah. That's, it's, that's it's, it's a 2014. There. So, yeah. We've had it a while. Yeah. Lauren's going to get, if she passes her driver's test, she's getting Nick's car. Oh, yeah. But I'm not getting a new car situation. I don't go anywhere, so he's just taking my car. Oh. So I'm, like, losing a car. Yeah, i like, where, what if you want to go somewhere? I don't go anywhere. I just don't I know, get to. But what if you wanted to? Um, I don't get to. Uh-huh. <laughs> He only lives eight minutes from home, or he only works eight minutes from home, and he works from home, like, almost as much as me now. They don't provide desks for their people. Really? It's, like, this weird floating, like, like, grab a station, grab whatever's open. Except there's not enough stations for everybody, so he's just like, Oh, it's one of those situations. Yeah, he's like, cool, I'll just go home then and work from my desk at home. That I own. (laughs) That I own and has privacy and a door. Honestly, more people should be working from home. They keep cracking down and being like, oh, we're not going to do any more work from home. But like, why? I'll tell you why they don't. I'll tell you why they don't. They want to micromanage. Well, yep. Lily's bailing on me. She's like, this is dumb. I'm not talking to you. Okay. So we had two new hires and this is their like second or third week and everybody in the office gets to like work from home one day a week 
So they today was both of them. They both worked from home today, and none of them, neither one of them, did anything. Well, those are the people that don't need right? to have those Who jobs. Blow it for everybody else. <laughs> Do they think like they just have a four day week? Like I don't understand what's happening right now. I'm like, no. I think I think as long as you have a good manager who's making sure that people are right. getting the tasks they need to get done done on time well, and efficiently. Like, what's the problem it? with it? Like if you're not doing your job, that rapidly shows up especially like in my job like if yeah. I wasn't doing anything they would clearly see that so I mean maybe you'd get away with it for a little while but right like, exactly not you're otherwise gonna you're like you're gonna get fired it's short-sighted yeah yeah just... works in corporate there's so much wasted time like I get oh my 10 God, yeah. times more done at home than I ever did working in an office because you're constantly interrupted uh-huh. There's 7,000 meetings. Then you uh-huh. have your bagel runs and you're going out to lunch and then you get people, to go get a coffee. People goof off at work. Oh my God. They do it so all. much. So much. Yeah. So like, so much. I'm always like, when I go take a nap, I'm like, y'all are out there ditzing. No, I get This so is my much bagel run is me sleeping for a half hour. <laughs> Basically. Like, yeah. So, you know. Yeah. But yeah, everybody should get to work from home. I feel like I feel like they are just like, well, we're paying a lease on this building, so people better use it. I'm like, well, why don't you take some money and stop leasing buildings? Which is like, I have a big old concrete skyscraper. We better use it. Why not just sell the space or stop leasing it, save some money, and then boom, boom. Mm -hmm. Why isn't that like? Then there's like an argument to be made, like, oh, like like staff camaraderie and i'm just like i don't care i don't care about that i'm no, not interested in because being how many people does that absolutely not work for them because they're introverts or whatever you know it's like right. or you have your family like it's my job no, you people yeah you're i'm not getting paid so you're my family i just fundamentally disagree with that i appreciate that some people's work like those people are their family and that's fine but that's not how it is it's never been that for me because i've seen how quickly you can get returned. Like, like it was going to be a disaster when I quit my marketing job because it was really short notice and I felt terrible. Nope, they were fine. The company went on just fine. I'm sure it was a rough couple weeks, but other than that, and like anytime anyone ever quits, I never hear from them again. So it's just, it's work. <laughs> Let people do it from home. I mean, I guess there's some jobs, like, you can't. Like, if you're in manufacturing, like, you have to do it. Like, But, like, if it's an office job. Right. And you literally do everything on your computer. Like, everything's on your computer. Then why not just do it at home? Just do it from home. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm excited for him that he'll get to do it more from home. No, no. No, not. not Oh, he's not? No, because the state, we have a Republican governor now, so... (laughs) They want everybody to go in, back into the Get office. into the office. <laughs> really? No, the, like, uh, uh, like the political parties lined up on that. <laughs> well, <laughs> we had a it Democrat. He was like, you. you can work from home. And then we get a Republican who's like, back to work. And we're like, okay. Well, I was telling Lauren, like, it really works that she, <laughs> she lives in a Democratic state because the Demo- Democrats take their theater, their liberal arts very seriously. 
So I was like, they're not going to cut the funding for the theater program. You don't have to worry about that. So yeah, no, they're you're you're pretty good. Now, if you were in Texas, sorry, Maddie, you're screwed. Sorry. <laughs> she just went to the nick and i were cracking up because her school got to perform at the hennepin theater state theater which is a big deal it's in minneapolis minneapolis has like the third largest theater district she was super excited and it was all the schools that got awarded this whatever spotlight award around the state nick and i were cracking up because it looked like literally every school got this award it was crazy it was literally it's like multiple days of these high schools performing so we were just cracking up it was basically a cash grab then they charged each parent 50 bucks a pop well, of course watch your kids you're gonna show <laughs> out aren't you that's like times. extortion so, so i gave her some shit because i was like the front row were like 100 bucks a pop so i told her if she had been born on time i might have sprung for nice. the the front row but since she was preemie <laughs> whoops just gonna do the she's like that's not funny i'm like it's a little funny it's a little funny bit. to me it's, it's a little, little funny. funny you were half baked so i don't have to pay full price anymore that's you weren't look full at cooked. it well you were a little to her it was literally like <laughs> you guys i cannot describe to you my husband who is like completely with it he's like the most with it person on the planet was a disaster that night <laughs> he had he didn't know what time he thought the performance started like a half hour before we went to some restaurant. It was Oof. a forever wait. He's like, well, we got to go get her. He's like, we're going to miss the show. We got to leave right now. So we go down there and the show's like, it doesn't start for a half hour. But then it was like another five blocks to walk back. And they had already ca- canceled our orders. And then we're like, well, okay, let's go try to find another restaurant. Literally, literally, there were no other restaurants open. It's like a ghost town in Minneapolis. I can't even describe to you. There was one restaurant open and they're like, well, maybe we can squeeze you in and you can get an appetizer. But it was like $150 a person. So I was like, no. no. So I had pretzels. <laughs> it's like, I mean, if it's a good pretzel, that's okay. It's fine. But if it's it just fine. like a mediocre pretzel, then you're was, like, I yeah, need, I need something more. Yeah, it was, it was, we went to Friday's afterwards. So it was fine. I got to eat some potato skins. But yeah, overall, it was kind of a disaster of an evening. But Lauren went first. So we got to leave at, um, at uh, intermission. So that's my story. Ta-da. There we go. And Maddie was just describing she was going on her eating healthy thing and she got sick because she binged on too much crap. So that's why in in the free. So that's our delay. Circle, circle, circle round. Circle around. around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I wanna talk a little bit. We're gonna talk about Arrow 120, but I wanna talk about Ted Lasso. Did you watch the finale? I'm you know what? Listen. Everybody's like, that's such a perfect finale. And I'm like, I twitch. And I'm like, here's, here's my problem. I'm like, with the passion of a thousand suns. I was like, with the fiery intensity of a thousand suns. I was here's like, fuck. Oh, I, was... like, I don't like when. Like, what the... right now? I don't like when show writers, runners, actors, whatever, know that the fandom wants something. Yes. Fool them about it. Yeah, and then don't give it to them. Yeah, because it feels like you're laughing at us, also, and nobody likes to be laughed at. Right. Like, so I read the interview, and what we're referencing is ta- uh, Ted and Rebecca, because they 
they were like they were they straight up cool them. about it yeah it was yeah cool. they teased it, them it for, three for a years it was very much not cruel it was a cruel thing to do right well it seem like in the show that these two are clearly soulmates and belong together with all the little whatever moments I won't go through all of them so then I read the interview from the show creator and he was like yeah well too often when there's a female lead and a male lead people just expect them to get together so we wanted to be contrary to that and I was like Okay, then don't then write a different it. show. Yeah. And then Please. don't do the opening scene the way they did the opening scene. Exactly. That don't was foreshadow a romance, Dickwad. I was like, if you if that's your stance and that's where see, here's the thing. I feel like when it comes to writers and when they get to the to the end of their show, they feel like, well, I just need to be contrary because that's going to make this a spectacular it finale. Everyone's gotten off on the whole subverting expectations yes. equals good. And that is and not, that couldn't be further from the truth. It's yeah. the worst thing to do because then your show makes no fucking sense. You're like, okay, so what was that all about? Eh, I could know. almost have been okay with it. Fucking Sopranos. Like, just give it up. It's dead lasso. It's not complicated. I could have almost been okay with it if they hadn't opened at Rebecca's and he comes walking in with the yes. hair and everything. And That's I, oh my god, mean. did it happen? And I that was like, was I was so fucking mean. So mean. Nick like looked at me. He's like, "Are you going to be okay for the rest of the episode?" I'm like, "No, I'm fucking furious right now." It just like right off the bat put me in a and bad mood. It ruined mood. the whole rest. It just of the ruined episode. the whole thing. Okay, so that's number one. Number two. Triangle between Healy, Roy, and oh god, I forgot his Jamie. name. Jamie. 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 Okay. Well, Jamie has not been a viable love interest for a solid two and a half seasons. Okay. Right. He got together in like the last four episodes. All right. So, like, this whole concept that Healy ending up with one of them would somehow ruin, you know, Roy and Jamie's friendship is actually insane. Okay. It's actually insane. Too, I feel like that would be a major backslide in Jamie's growth if, like, he can't be friends with Roy if Roy gets back together with Healy. Also, that he can't just be friends with Healy, right? So I was was just annoyed at the finale. All of a sudden, pretending like, oh, Jamie's been in there from the beginning. It's like, no, he was a terrible boyfriend. He treated Healy like crap, and like, okay, he's gotten his act together. But would have been a really nice growth to like complete it is to see him really happy for Keely and Roy. Two. They broke up Keely and Roy for what? What was the point? We never really got a straight answer on why no, they broke up. There was, there was, it was, yeah. And then, like, okay, they're gonna, Jenny, they're, literally, they did freaking, I mean, it's pretty much they did Kelly Taylor from 90210. I pick me. No. No. If you're gonna do a love triangle, Fine. All right, fine. I'll go along with Jamie's a viable love interest. Fine. I'll play along. If you're going to do a love triangle, it's to pick one. I don't care. Just pick one. Also, if you're going to do the I pick me, given Keely more storyline through this season to actually show exactly. like, her developing professionally. Also, don't have her sleep with her boss. Like, if this was all about her professional growth, then... Why are we why are we turning that into a whole romantic storyline? It just felt pointless. The whole thing, it just felt pointless to me. I'm like, 
Okay. And then they just leave it ambiguous with maybe Keely and Roy get back together. Maybe they don't. And I'm like, I hate ambiguous finales. Like you've like writers have been clear and direct on 99% of everything. And then they get to the finale and they're like, it's like a choose your own adventure ending. I'm like, no. everything that I would have been happy seeing in the finale felt like it was tainted because I was like, they're yeah. mean, they're being cruel. And therefore yeah, I didn't I press any of, of the like, intentions after that. Mm-hmm. Even Ted Becca aunties were like, shit, this is just mean. It was I don't so even mean. see them like that. And they're like, that's just mean. Yeah. And like, oh, also get back together with his ex-wife. And I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? Because the boyfriend was is like, that not what happened? I just thought he went home. He got back well, with his wife. He did go home, but the boyfriend wasn't getting how amazing this soccer thing was. And it was very clear, like, to me, them doing that. It's like, oh, he's not going to fit in. Ted's coming home, and he'll eventually get back together with the wife. That's what it felt oh, like to me. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. And I'm like, okay, that's random. Why didn't we spend a little bit more time developing the relationship between Ted and his wife then? Why did we do this Why did they spend thing? a lot of time kind of making his wife? Because... She right. got together with their marriage therapist. Right. Like again to, to push him towards Rebecca. And then they're like, oh, we never planned on that. Like, seriously? Eat me. So also, I hate it. it's I hate TV it 101. If you're not gonna have a happy ending with one ship, then you should have a happy ending with Yes. Correct. Like there has to be a we're sorry we fucked you over. Here's I think they joy. think that you was what they were doing cake. with with Rebecca and the Amsterdam guy. Yeah, oh, we, I didn't care about the Amsterdam ending. guy. You're not going to make me yeah. as invested in Rando Amsterdam guy who was on there for one freaking episode versus the three years they teased a potential romance between Ted yeah. and Rebecca. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> what? But it it's genuinely mind boggling that the show ended without either Ted and Rebecca or Roy and Keely together. That's insane. So insane. Oh, well, we just, you know, you know, the female leads relationship, you know, like storyline becomes all about her love life. And we, you know, you don't automatically put her with the male lead. I'm sorry. Then why did they make it all about her love life in the freaking final season? It was all about who's Rebecca going to end up with. You're not wrong. So like, why was Ted like, she's going to end up with, is he going to be the mother? What it feels like is they are using the fans' investment in that particular story to get us to watch without any intention of rewarding us. through. Exactly. For, for what? There's literally nothing worse, I feel, than teasing a ship and never following through on it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's literally well, not nothing worse. just not following through. Teasing that they had gotten together at the beginning of the yes. I keep going back to that. That was what made it from like, man, this is a bummer to this is fucking mean. They're assholes. Because it's like, that's clear. It's too raw promise level we of know- fuck you to my audience. Yeah. Exactly. We know what you want. We're not going to give it to you. It's, yeah. Veronica Mars level. Exactly. And clearly, they left, they left the, the cliffhanger with it could have been Ted telling Rebecca he has feelings for her. Yeah. Because he's like, I have a bombshell for you this year. But I, at, at that point, I already knew. I was like, he's telling her he's leaving. Yeah. I was up at her apartment. Goodbye at the airport of just my. 
Yeah, the goodbye was pretty gut-wrenching. It was brutal. It was gut-wrenching. So, yeah, I'm just, I hated it. Like, I feel like everybody's like, oh, we have to love it because it's Ted Lasso. I'm like, no, I don't. No, we don't. No, I, don't, no, I, I don't. don't like it. I don't like it at all. I hated it. Top to bottom. Worst. One this of the worst has been an influx. against everything I believe in as a TV viewer. I'm pretty much ready to put it with How I Met Your Mother. That's where I'm at. Okay, let's not go crazy. <laughs> but I will say to the How I Met but Your Mother not, thing. It's not a lot better. It's not a lot better. There's an influx of TV series finale so bad that you don't even want to rewatch the earlier seasons. No, I don't want to watch that. That's where this no. is. Everything. That's where this is. Absolutely. Exactly. I was just like, I'm like, okay, my husband, who's like not super into all the ships and stuff, he was kind of like, meh. Like, overall, the other stuff, it wasn't like. Kyle thought it was a ripoff, off. too. Yeah. Know. I'm like, okay, they want, they, oh, they didn't win. They got second. I'm like, so it just felt the whole thing was to be contrary. Just to be contrary. <sighs> like, okay. Go Whatever. to therapy, Jason Sudeikis. Like, seriously. <laughs> I'm like, dude, whatever's wrong with you post divorce, I can't. Don't work it out on my TV show, is all I'm saying. Because the deal right? is that's the big, di- that's the difference of this season is. It was Jason Sudeikis, and I forget his name, but that has worked on several television shows um, in, in the first two seasons. And this guy dropped out to do a new show. Um, so, free. so the one who uh-huh. actually has, like, show running experience. <laughs> yeah. Also, it felt like and- this whole, I'm, I'm divorced, but I, cho- I choose my children. My children are my love. I'm like, yeah, okay, Jason, we see you. We get it. You love your kids. Screw your ex-wife. I got it. But like, well, and also, like, I can ship together. It was it was a dumb excuse. It was like so the dumb. kid as, as, as Kyle and Kyle agreed with me. Okay, so this kid is what like 11, 12 ish. Right. He wants yeah. him to come home so bad. In two years, he's not going to want to have shit to do with his dad. And like, now anything his dad's to do separated with from his best friend. And they're like, see ya. And they're gone. They're gone. Till they they don't care about you no more. And then they're gone, gone. All they hear about is their friends. They just want to hang out with friends or watch. Because it's like, games. if he was like five, it would friend. That story, would make more so. sense. Yeah. Makes sense. But we're literally two years for, away from him being like, meh. And even 13, they're like 12 or 13, they're pushing it. I don't know a lot of 12 and 13 year olds who are like, and guess what? He's still going to resent you for being gone. Like it felt, it felt like Jason Sudeikis is, is raising little children and applying that to an older child. And I'm like, just wait till your kids turn 13, Jason, you're going to find out what's what. And it's not going to be all about you, big guy. And guess what? At this point, your kids already traumatized from the divorce and being exactly. away for a couple of years why it's already done go- here's my other thing why did you go to england in the first place didn't you think that this was going to be an impact on your kid and that he was going to miss you what did you think was going to happen I, I i thought it was stupid like at the end they showed everybody in england was just like together and happy yeah. and then there's like ted doing like kids soccer teams kids in soccer. America. and i'm and like, like what <laughs> in kansas city like what like i'm sorry i just like the whole thing of i've got to go back for my son 
I just they was keep like... talking about doing like a spinoff or something with, uh, like, with like Roy and Jamie or something, and then I'm just like, I don't know if I want to watch. No, I'm not gonna. Also, Beard and Jane is a very toxic relationship that like, but they like played and off their the laughs, and it's got like together and got married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like okay, right? Because like, if the genders were reversed, we'd be like she. Also- but because it's a woman that like it's funny spreads his passport oh my gosh it's so funny and quirky (laughs) yeah and then ted's Ted's his best friend and not at the wedding okay like what it was like it was it was was on acid it's like everything that ted lasso was it just like dropped it like the last episode just to be like we're gonna be different and shocking there are people saying all all season long that like season three wasn't as good and i was like and I, I wasn't sure about it until the finale. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I read a review and I really, because I was like, I was having trouble putting my finger on it. And the fact that they made it, they went from a half hour to an hour really hurt the pacing. And it, it was just like a lot of like filler that we didn't need. Like, did I really need to spend that much time on what's his name? And working at the freaking restaurant. Oh, fucking Nate. Nate. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, it was like, it was like, it really felt like Arrow season one where there was the Laurel show. And then there was the show that everybody else was on. It felt like the Nate show. And then, and I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Nate is not interesting enough of a character for me to give a fuck. We're all mad at Nate. You remember I hate him. You made us hate Nate. I hate him. (laughs) Go on and on. And then the... The real reason, like, I feel like they were like, okay, Roy initiated this freaking breakup, but like, did they really get into why kind of at the end? But like, Never. it was super Never. vague. I'm like, it's like, we don't have a good reason for breaking Roy and Keely up, so we're just going to break them up and not tell you. Okay? Cool. All right. Like, the point is, they're not together. Hey, they're just not going to be together, and that's just the way it is. Throw Jamie into the mix, like he actually had a shot in hell with her the last three years. Okay. God, just the dumb. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I don't want it. <laughs> Get away. <laughs> like I'm literally. I need to go to the live. I'm not prepared to say it's worse than How I Met Your Mother, but it's in the top five of worst finales I've ever seen in my life. It's, it's not great, fam. It's super bad. It's super bad. Like to the point where I don't ever want to rewatch the show. I'm so annoyed. Like I'm so annoyed. I just I never. It's a kiss of death for me when I feel like the showrunners are being mean to me. Exactly. Well, also like when I not to make generalizations, but I'm not. Do I want to watch any more shows where the it's male only showrunners because I feel they always fuck it up in the end because they want to be edgy so bad? You're not fucking mm-hmm. wrong, Maddie. You're not wrong. I don't know if it's singular to, to male showrunners. I can't think of a female showrunner. I've, I've I just don't keep track of showrunners that it's much. Just but like the ones that have fucked us over the most. Right. It's, they're, they're always male, men. But like I'm sure there's a female out there who's fucked me over too. But I just it's just this concept of like well, Julie whole, Pleck. Okay, the, okay. Julie Pleck. Yeah. I cannot follow through on any of the the actual storylines that I've teased because look, misdirection, and you were wrong all along, and then just laugh at your fans for thinking it was going to be a certain way. Yes, Julie Pleck. And what was the, who replaced her? She was absolutely horrific. Caroline Therese, yeah. Oh my God, it was an actual, actual watching. Station women can be shitty showrunners too. Oh my God, worst showrunners (laughs) ever. 
But actually, here's my argument that I make to people. I actually think Julie Pleck, for a certain period of time, really had her and Kevin Williams and they had a clear vision vision of the show. But Julie Pleck was like, let's just get molded into whatever fans want and just like she went off the rails. It was like <laughs> And then it was like, oh, the fans are actually figuring out storylines. Yeah, because that's what fans do. Obsessed fans watch Figure shit out because they're not stupid. In obsessed fashion and analyze and talk about it for 70 hours a week. And then, you know, once in a while, we're going to hit a nugget. Every once in a while, we're going to get something right. That doesn't mean that you abandon the storyline. Exactly. It's okay <laughs> if they guessed. It means okay. you have smart fans. Yes. Most of the internet is not representative of your entire fan base. Sorry. Like, my parents were always like, whoa, we can't believe that happened on Arrow. I'm like, okay. Also, at this point, <laughs> meanwhile, going on for like 80 years, storytelling in general has been going on for millennia of like tropes and stuff are not new so at this point there's very few things that could truly surprise anyone who's like at all so right. just just there's write like, a good what, story seven, there's like seven basic tropes greek started Listen, it just you get you heard board. me you heard the formula because you know what right it's, it's fine as long as it's a good as long as you are confident here's what's it, to me, it's a lack recipe of because confidence. the re- recipe makes good cookies. And it's so, a, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like it's a lack of confidence. They get shaky with the last. They're like, oh, no, we have to be totally different from how we wrote the show. The whole time we've been writing it. It's like now we have to like do all this. Mis- it's like, what are you you're heard me? What um... made your show a hit? Like, why are you changing anything? It's what made the show a hit. So just finish it out and tell me what happens. I don't want to you... figure it out. You heard me rave about Fourth Wing. Well, what made Fourth Wing so good is that they pulled lots of tropes that everybody knew worked. You've got the morally gray hero whose magical power is shadows. Hello, shadow and bone, you know? Right. Like, you've got the enemies to lovers, you know? How many times has that worked? When you do right. these and then you deliver on those expectations... That makes it. people happy because exactly. if you do it, if you do it in such a way that is engaging, then you're people are engaged and they love it. As and Rebecca, it, you know, yeah, yeah, as she is. But like, also, there's a reason why these are successful tropes. People like them for a reason. They work mm-hmm. for a reason. Correct. So like, you're not gonna. Nobody's reinventing mm-hmm. the writing wheel here. Just like no. If you're gonna tease something, it's fine if you're teasing something as a misdirection, and it's kind of like. You have a plan and it's going, the plot point, it will eventually make sense. Like, I get that. You don't want to, like, hang a sign out all the time. I understand that. But don't, like, it's not fair to do, like, that's on plot points, you know? Like, that's on a, oh, who killed this person? Like, who killed J.R. Ewing and making it look like everybody did it? Like, okay, fine. But, like, actual core relationships in the show. If if your whole goal is to make shippers look stupid. Yes. That's just, that's not a great, a great Bite thing me. No. And I'm tired of being told that wishing for a romantic relationship for a woman is not okay. 
Yeah, we're not okay. Or makes you less feminist or all that. Really fed up. Listen, I am a professional woman. I have a career. Okay, I also has a have a husband and a child. I don't have. We're not expecting men to pick. Well, and it's not like Rebecca could end up with a man, right? And have a career. She had that, just not Ted. Right. And what are you trying to say there? What's the point? Exactly. What was the whole point of oh, the the male and the female lead always end up together? Get shits because they're the least, <laughs> and you pass them for the whole show. They had amazing chemistry. I know it's crazy. We wanted them together. Though, Could we right? possibly be expecting anything when? Oh, I don't know. You're having the match on a dating website for God's sakes! Like, what yeah. are you even? You had a chemistry read between Hannah and Jason. There's only one reason you do a chemistry read. Exactly. <laughs> No, I'm really getting tired of being told, oh, if you're a successful career person or you're a super or you're 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 a successful or female superhero, whatever it is, you can't also it's, have love. She did have love. They did make a point to Fair. give her yes. a love. And they interest. did give it to her. Exactly. This is a bad example. It just like, wasn't bad. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, you know a good example? Supergirl long did they did they cheese yes. cheese that relationship okay and at the end supergirl just ends up alone because she's supergirl yeah, and she's dumb. you know meanwhile every other male superhero television show has their you know one true love and that's who they end up with and blah 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 but we hit the female and nope she can't have a love interest she has to be strong and independent yeah can't be distracted by the men folk Love, being in love with someone does not mean that you surrender your independence. It doesn't. And if you're an actual talented writer, it's not that hard to write. It's really not. So I just, it really drives me nuts when they like, I'm not being a feminist when I am hoping that the female lead ends up with XYZ of whoever you've teased for the last three years. No, I'm sorry. I reject that totally. How come men can have it all, but um, in a television show, but a woman can't? In order because for her to be strong, she has to be alone. And women aren't. I don't know. It's, it's so fucking old, and then like that's what's getting tired. I'm just is over this, it. This. Yeah, I'm just over all of it. I'm like, you know what? I'm 41 fucking years old. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I've been watching cartoons. Watch TV I'm this freaking- I was waiting for what's her name, Princess Whatever, on Voltron to end up with, and that didn't happen. I'm just tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I had My Little Ponies that didn't end up getting. It's like it's. I have a long list, okay? Did I have a long list? And I didn't understand that Shira and He Man were cousins. I thought that they were not cousins, and I was I like, why aren't they, they were cousins together? But like, I would when I would play. I'd pretend that they weren't. Right. Like they were Clearly, they, there should have been a crossover and they should have had a wedding. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. I haven't evolved much from three in terms of my expectations of television shows. But, like, honestly. And this is only tangentially related, but I see the connection is, like, about, like, with the Disney princess stuff, if we have to retell these stories and make them super feminist, blah blah blah, all that, because you can't have a love story because you were feminist. too stupid to make them feminists in the first place. We got to redo. But it. here's the deal: <laughs> like, why they had to change the lyrics in the Little Mermaid? I'm so confused. What was bad about them? Okay, so I'm I'm like, I'm fully I'm I'm in deep with the Little Mermaid <laughs> obsession. Like I'm I wasn't even <laughs> expecting it because like. 
it, it's, it's been a while since I've been that into I've, something. Listen, Maddie, listen, I've watched some fan vids. I'm on board with Eric. Yes. Because yeah, what I think is what's cute. feminist about it mm-hmm. is like, so original one, yes, they are in love because they're the male and the female lead and that's the only reason for them to be together in the in the original is just right it's a disney princess movie right so kind of the way of like making fun of us is if you're gonna have a love story is then put in the work to like give these two people want to be together and what they do in the circumstance yeah they give them a personality and they have very common have parallels and like you Soul see mates. why they fall in love with one another i like it when we get that cartoon was lacking in that especially for ariel and eric he was just some random you just make them both people hot guy <laughs> on a boat i i i do understand that i just i didn't understand why the lyrics are bad but that's like that's like seven year old jennifer it was fine i liked like the, the one that's frustrating with <laughs> poor unfortunate souls like they, they instead of changing and then in kiss the girl I understand it's like, let's teach the children to ask for consent before kissing. I was like, okay, that it's that's not the worst yeah. change. It's it's not too clunky. They, it's just use your words, boy, and ask her. And I was like, okay, like I, that's good. Get on board okay. with that. That's yeah, fine. yeah. We're teaching you consent. I'm not gonna bang on consent. No, that's sounds fine to me. That's yeah. fine. Okay, then I'm less grabby. No, they have the one is stupid of just that like. She has the problematic verse, but it's like, but she's Ursula and she's bad. So if her saying sexist stuff, it's bad. Fair. <laughs> so that's I mean, okay. Sure. She's the villain. I mean, I don't even know how they're going to be even begin to do uh, Hunchback of <laughs> Notre Dame with that villain. Like it was. Oh, he will bad. Yeah. Bad. Wildly inappropriate villain for children. And it'll. So much more if you do it in live action because it's like the cartoon gives you yeah, a little bit of like, distance but it's still like, no yeah. my mom was like actually horrified they made that into a cartoon she's like listen what? i loved hunchback and notre dame so I know much because <laughs> i was so like it's very adult and very real adult. and i remember mm-hmm. when it came out my friends and i were like how does this get through yeah my mom's like without like a when that came out i can't remember how i think i was like i think i was like in high school when that one came out <clears throat> college college okay and i remember watching My- it and i was like this is like kind of racy i was like okay it's so disney. good though it was she well you know it, it's disney so it's it, well no okay so my only one complaint so now i only have one complaint maddie and i haven't seen the movie mm-hmm. yet but i saw clips and thank you tiktok and okay at the end when she comes out in the sparkly blue dress that she doesn't have that is my one complaint otherwise it's a perfect film <laughs> that is she doesn't old... have a sparkly dress she, she, she does not sparkly dress she has the same dress she's worn the whole time on land and it's like the frumpiest freaking dress you've ever seen in your life i hate the dress i'm like the blue dress it, she's it's, in the it's, whole time. it's just like they have she's like wet because it's been Can like just, in like, the ocean stop with the period specific clothing it wasn't cute back then let's like jazz it up a little bit no one's gonna care if the little mermaid is not period specific everyone calm down i don't know man they got pretty upset about other Fair. stupid details i don't care that's all i care about <laughs> is how i feel so i don't care if it's period i just want the cute she comes out of the ocean in the sparkly blue dress that is all i want exactly it's <laughs> magic because he turned her back into a human so she should get the magic dress so basically, the dress that she 
her at the premiere, that's what I want for her to rise out right. of the water. This is criminal as not including Cinderella's dress transformation and not including the yellow dress in Belle's movie in the Beauty and the Beast. I did have a beef with that dress because I don't feel like it was fancy enough, but at least they gave it a shot. You know what I mean? Like, okay. all, they just don't even do it. So it fills I, me with rage. The 2017 Beauty and the Beast, but I, I, I discovered a new I discovered a new behind the scene fact that fills me with rage. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Emma Watson. Don't tell her. You're gonna you're gonna break her little heart. Don't break my heart. Just let her just leave her in the dark. You can text it to me later. Text it to me later. We're not gonna tell Gally. Like, Emma Watson didn't want to wear a big dress because it's hard to walk in and it's hard to dance in and all of that. So they like it had like layers and all of that and they added the volume through cgi and so it's like it it's why the dress kind of looks a little bit off when it moves not real because she couldn't woman up and if you're casting princess you're gonna wear a heavy ball gown you're gonna wear multiple layers just suck it up and do the job like i'm really sure the dress that what's her name wore in cinderella was super comfy yeah the lily james dress weighed 20 she wore yeah. it and it was she sorted it out she sucked it up see emma emma though emma's already like she's like she already achieved a level of success so like lily probably was hungry because lily wasn't a big star so you know emma was yeah. already a big star so emma could kind of order them around about the dress well it showed emma it showed but it i showed. accepted it at least it was yellow and there was a dress okay they didn't i just can't i just i just also, it's I wanted the transformation I'm coming. glad that I don't care about Like, that. I wanted the transformation coming out of the water. It was, like, one of the coolest parts. It could have been sparkly. It, sh- it should have been sparkly. Minimum. Bare minimum sparkly. And I appreciate Hallie showing up in a tons of sparkle. I'm, like, literally on all these premieres. I was, like, literally any one of these would have done just fine. All of yep, those guys. That was great. They were all great. Any of these, pick one. Just pick one and have her walk out of a pool with it. I'd be happy. It's like they were going for. It's like there's a through line and stuff that, like, narratively, spoilers. But when Ursula yanks her back into the sea, she's wearing the dress. And then, like, it gets ripped off of her. And then when all of the big battle is done, as Eric goes back onto shore, is like, we have to get a boat. We have to go find her and all of this. And that's the queen tells her, like, you have to let her go. He's, yeah, he's in the white shirt half, and it's not buttoned and he's wet. It looks great. And he he's pulling the, like, he found the dress washed up onto shore and he's holding onto it. And he has to or go into the ocean because he's letting, like, her go because they can't be <laughs> together. And then she comes <laughs> back in said dress. <laughs> so wait a minute. So there's actually magic involved is just Triton just put, fix the original dress. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Why can't daddy be like upgrade and like Exactly. You're the king of the seven seas. So <laughs> let's let's make a gown. <laughs> exactly. Because Ariel was like she had her regular dress for the whole movie and then dad changed her into a human and he's like upgrade we're gonna upgrade the clothing too because you're a freaking princess and here you go it was like major dad vibe like that they just completely lost it's true also it's pretty and sparkly and it's blue and i just want to see it i know also another side note is that simone actually did so much press and like red carpet stuff and she literally has a line in the movie 
<laughs> but I was trying to find a scene that she was in, and I'm like, what happened? Where'd she go? Like, was she no, she's when they had all the mermaids in the water? I couldn't spot her. I don't think they even like she's the biggest star of all the sisters and they don't even have a clip of her at the very end no like i maybe says like i could count on one hand the amount of words she has in the movie <laughs> well listen but she's pretty she's out there she's out there doing doing the stuff she's trying to make a living but yes whatever it's yes. fine i think she's she a little too big check. yes exactly do what you gotta do girl okay all right, let's go back to our show that actually followed through on romance in a way that yeah. made us happy. Not oh, in this. At least we'll, we, we got to get through it where we're getting there. Okay. Now, my thing with this episode was 20. This is the is home invasion. up episode. Well, it's like, yeah, okay. So I mean, y'all you know, have to be specific. He fucked up so many he times. He fucked up so many times. Yeah. You're just like, this is just so. Okay, so first of all. <laughs> bringing laurel back all of a sudden they do a lot where it's like oliver and laurel have nothing to do with each other for episode after episode and then all of a sudden they're having lunch and now they're like making googly eyes at each other i'm like where the fuck did this come from so it just feels a little late in the game to be swinging back on laurel but whatever number one he you know diggle wants pig dead shot down and Oliver tells him he's going to be there for him. And then whatever the kids, like the guy who hired to kill the kid that Laurel is protecting, he's about to leave town. And Oliver goes to like stop him and yeah. make sure that he confesses. That becomes more important than, you know, having Diddle back shot. literally and like Deadshot's going to be there and kill some people. <laughs> Like, because Laurel so could have been hurt, so I have to go. I fully understand also, how that like Laurel that takes guy. custody yeah. of a instead of like right. getting in You're social like, services. Right, that doesn't that, happen. Oh, I like are you order. are you gonna adopt this kid, Laurel? Right. Because otherwise, like, he no, doesn't need he to go in foster go care. Foster care. I'm like, what do you think happens? It's sad his family's kid? dead, but unless but, yeah. you and your adopt him then that's where he needs that's to where go. he's going anyways so why are we prolonged whatever anyways it's a child not a puppy her stupidity with the legal with the legalities of stuff like i don't understand how she's a lawyer sometimes but whatever so then all what i don't understand is why oliver felt like he had to go stop the guy who hired the, the assassin who was out of headed out of town why he thought that was more pertinent than like teaming up with Diggle and I guess this is Diggle's point because Diggle was like cool you left me high and dry and oh by the way four agents were killed because you weren't there four people died glad that you got the guy who hired the assassin who was absolutely no threat to anybody and was on his way to China like that was the urgency but and which Diggle's point is you did it because it was related to Laurel and here's what I think is really what it's about for Oliver is all it's sensing there's some like there's an opening between Laurel and Tommy and to me it felt very underhanded and manipulative in terms of like his friendship with Tommy because he sees like maybe things not all happy in paradise and so he wants the hood to get the the guy to confess so he can be like look Laurel the hood got the guy to confess all your problems are solved. The hood saves the day, which 
is like Laurel's gonna like go into heat over it, which is basically what she does. And Tommy's like watching this all go down. And I gotta say, like on my second round of watching this, I was way more Team Tommy than I was the first time oh, around. Man. Yeah, I've watched it several times, and I get more and more Team Tommy. It's like, like because everyone's like, "Well, Tommy's being jealous," and I'm like, rightfully so, because Oliver is completely. Like it's because he knows Oliver's MO. Like he's like, yeah, he see what you're Oliver doing, and this is shady as fuck. Anybody, yeah, exactly. Oliver is clearly like, this is my. He's peeing on territory here. Like it's all over the place. It's like like watching two feral cats go at it. I'm just like, Tommy has every reason to be uncomfortable with the way Oliver is interacting with Laurel, and Oliver pretending like this is just, oh, we're friends. We're friends. I'm sorry. I don't know a lot of my guy friends were hugging me regularly and holding me close to their chest with their eyes closed. And I just am like, yeah, no, that's not how that yeah. male and female. I was like, that's not how that works. But so Tom, especially if you were getting, exes. <laughs> yeah, so Tom's clearly getting pissed off. I think he's more pissed off at Oliver at this point than he is Laurel. I think they set it up where he's going to be pissed at Laurel because she doesn't tell him that she went to lunch with Oliver. So like, that's weird that she didn't say anything to him and Oliver makes sure he tells Tommy that. Like it felt very pointed to me that Oliver was telling Tommy, Oh, I had lunch with Laurel. Yeah. Why would he do that? Like, why is that? It really didn't have a lot. I'm trying to remember if it had a lot to do with the actual conversation they were having, but he was like again Oliver is just like inserting himself in their relationship and is constantly like I'm here too Laurel that's what the way it felt to me and yeah okay when I mean when things got bad and the assassin comes to kill them at you know Laurel's apartment I really admired Tommy for saying we need to go to Oliver's. That's going to be the safest place for us to be like that. And he said to Oliver, that's was extremely hard for me to say, given where our relationship is at at this moment. Yeah. So it just felt like Oliver capitalizing on Tommy prioritizing Laurel's safety and this kid's safety. Tommy was in it for all the right reasons. And Oliver, it didn't feel like to me was like Oliver's capitalizing on this proximity to, to Laurel to be the hero. Yeah. And Tommy is seeing him do it. And is like, you fucking suck. Mm-hmm. You know? And is like, now really that he knows that he's a hood, he like sees it on both sides of like, yeah, again, what you're doing. Like, I understand like I didn't You're have a problem. I did not have a problem with Oliver keeping an eye on Laurel's apartment. That thing's a beacon for like serial killers and assassins. So like that I understood. And he swoops in at the last minute and he stops the assassin, which is great. He doesn't say anything to Laurel. There's no conversation with the hood. He's just out. Fine. Okay. And he kind of looks at Tommy and Tommy looks at him and Oliver's just like, I have your back. And Tommy's like, I still hate you, but thanks for showing up. It's like, there's like all of this silent communication happening between the two of them. But when we get to the house, Oliver is very like, oh, hey, Laurel, uh, you know, that guy, he confessed to everything and you know, he's in jail and he won't be coming after you anymore. And it feels like, and then she's like, well, how did he confess? Like he didn't want to. And he's like, oh, you know, the hood had something to do with it. It's very like, Oliver running to Laurel to tell her, look, I saved the day. Mm -hmm. 
which is gross. It's just gross. So to me, I'm viewing Oliver this go around as much more schemy, manipulative. His intentions are not above board. And Tommy smells it on him. And Tommy's like, you're going after my girlfriend. And he is. He 100% is going after He absolutely is. 100%. I was like, because I was always like, oh, it just felt like kind of out of nowhere. My memory was that it feels like out of nowhere Tommy gets super jealous. And, like, he basically, like, blows up his relationship with Laurel. And then when I was watching this, I'm like, no, Oliver is, like, such a dick. Like, this whole episode, he's just. Tommy's just reading the writing on the wall. Like. Exactly. So, I mean, yes, it's good that he's there in the end to save everybody. Fine, whatever. But, like, there are other points where Oliver doesn't need to be involved. He doesn't need to be, like inserting himself into these situations and he is like laurel was more than covered on an emotional standpoint and then that weird conversation between the two of them in the hallway and it struck me because i think is is it next episode where they have the flashback with the two of them i can't remember I think 22, because next episode I'm actually excited for, because that's the casino. And I think that's Merlin Global and the casino, yeah. Okay. So, they're in the flashback that's coming up. They're in Oliver's bedroom, okay? And have this, whatever. The scene itself is actually, like, like, shows, like, these two clearly should not be together, but whatever. And the conversation that they have in this episode, I couldn't tell what room that was they were near yeah, but it felt I like to me either. they were by Oliver's bedroom like just outside Oliver's bedroom and I was like this is anywhere near his bedroom this is wildly inappropriate what's wildly happening right inappropriate. now wildly inappropriate and then she has this whole well I can see that you changed and I'm like cite your evidence where does this come from all of a sudden again they just have her do a 180 on him at the very end of the season where you're like well you were like oh i used to think that you hadn't changed and it's like terrible dialogue it's really clunky it's like oh i used to think that you didn't change but now i see that you did it's like okay and we're supposed to be rooting for this we're supposed to be like oh this feels earned like they've had like minimal interaction and any interaction that they've had is off screen why can't we see the lunch Mm -hmm. between the two there was a lunch. Why weren't we shown the lunch? That's <laughs> because not for so you it would have to act <laughs> that, 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 that right there, yes. That's the answer. That's why. In terms of like actually making sense to their emotional, like there needs to be, like I think they had one scene where he says to her, I don't want to be on an island anymore. Like, and that was like, what, four episodes, five episodes ago. And like, then they have no interaction. And now all of a sudden, again, they're, they're rushing together. to the end because you know what happened between then and now. Right. They broke for, for Christmas. Change the fucking plan. Gotta like wrap up this storyline so we can get on to the next. Like, I keep really telling what you, it is. it's so obvious when they oh, change I the know. plan. And you're like, that's what fucks me because time they ever talk about the plan they're like oh we didn't decide on felicity until like season yeah. two and i'm like liars. go peddle that bullshit someplace else mark <laughs> 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 of lies i'm like you 
fucking mid-season season one change that shit. And I don't know why they won't just do it. Just admit- I I, I honestly think there's something legally where like Katie's lawyer said I don't can't know admit what that it there is, was a lawyer. Like you, there's something. Like no one can admit there was a laurel problem. And maybe I I guess if they admit that, like mid season, they're gonna. It's like okay, well then you really weren't a fan of Oliver and Laurel, because the way he always phrases it is like, oh, it just came to their natural conclusion. (laughs) Like what was supposed to be a five year relationship where you wrap up in three episodes. Oh, unlike not unlike the Black Canary storyline. I'm seeing a pattern. So, yeah, I just, the whole thing, well, and here's the other thing, the way they juxtapose this with Diggle and Felicity, I find to be fascinating, because Diggle is like, you chose Laurel over me, and this is clearly the wrong choice. Like, to me, they're very much saying that Oliver put Laurel in front of Diggle, and that was wrong. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like, to me, they're saying Oliver had a very difficult choice to make. He did the best thing, you know, he made. It was phrased as a bad, bad It was really phrased. Because I feel like if I feel like. You chose poorly. Right, you chose poorly. Um, I feel like if it was going to be presented as Oliver was making a tough choice, we would have had Felicity chime in in defense of him with Diggle and try to defuse the argument. Instead of agreeing with Yes, and she 100% agrees with Diggle and says nothing to Oliver and just walks away. She's like, it's not anything you want to hear from me right now because you don't listen season one, you dumb whatever. So it just, it to me, it really strikes, they really are striking putting it in this perspective of like the Laurel and Oliver relationship is extremely toxic and destructive. It hurts other people around them. And you're like, okay, if we're hurting other people for this relationship, it really needs to be like this amazing love story that's worth fighting for. And whatever those scenes are, we don't get to watch them. (laughs) They are not written. They are not shot. We're just supposed to accept on face value that Oliver and Laurel are meant for each other. They are showing, not telling. Exactly. And I'm I just mean, like, telling, not showing. Sorry. Yeah. So to me, this is actually, this is, this is ponying up to the finale, which Lord, I'm going to have to do a half hour on that finale alone with that one scene, because it's really like, it's laying the groundwork that this is really not the person that Oliver should be with. They're already putting the seeds of that. Because Daigle is saying to him, you chose Laurel and that was the wrong choice. Yeah. And whatever Daigle says is gospel. The man's never wrong until like season six. But And as like, this episode, we pivot and we get fun all a city adventure in the elevator. Right. <laughs> like I'm just like, you know but what again, isn't the wrong also- choice is this. Right. Right. Well, and again, like, they have him with this really intense scene with Felicity, and then, like, they also have him, they are still pursuing the romantic storyline with Laurel. Like, you're really, like, that's why I was so, I was very confused at the end of season one, because I was, like, like, again, I really felt like, are they just going to tease this Felicity thing, and it's going to be this bullshit with Laurel, and I I don't ever get to, to, there was a big part of me as a viewer, I was like, I really want to see the scenes of Oliver and Laurel where, like, 
can we see them as this great couple that everybody loves? Like he has, she has this huge sit down talk with Moira and Moira is like, I really liked who my son was when he was with you. And I'm like, can we no. see those scenes? Like the guy who cheated and did drugs and, and got right? arrested and peed like, on cars. Like who is that person? <laughs> I don't believe you. Exactly. Because the way they really framed Oliver, that when he was with Laurel, he was this party boy, bad boy who clearly cheated on her Mm -hmm. because he has to be that Oliver when he shows up at the island. Otherwise, what is he evolving from? But like the way it feels like they, they frame Laurel is like she dates this bad boy because she always believed in him that he could be different and he can change. Like, I think that's the argument that they are, are making. And I'm like, okay, I don't even, I don't even have a problem with that. I don't even have a problem with that. But, like, when you're doing season one, and if you have any intention of this, this is why I have such a hard time with Laurel and all of her fans. With They're like, oh, you know, they were really meant to be. I'm like, are you high? Because they don't do any of the scenes that actually show that. It's all just other people talking about, well, it's our, it's always been Laurel and Oliver, so that's the way it's got to be. I'm like, that's that's not actually how that works. That's not a reason. I mean, I'm trying to think of a show. It's not even a bad reason. It's just bad. It's bad. Like, okay, One Tree Hill. All right. Lord knows Lucas was a disaster zone, but like, whatever. He made Peyton happy. So I was always more Lucas and Peyton than I was Lucas and Brooke. But they clearly showed positives and negatives of both relationships for several years. You know, you saw the good and you saw the bad with each relationship. We don't ever get to see the good, the romantic, the building of the relationship, of of the friendship growing into a, a relationship in season one with Laurel and Oliver. I'm like, this is fine. If you're moving them towards, okay, they're going to end up together at the end of season one or whatever, like show the growth. But they literally stick Tommy in there mm-hmm. and as an impetus to them getting together which I never felt that Tommy was the impetus getting them from them getting together. The impetus for the, what's stopping them from getting together is the fact that Laurel cheated on Oliver with her sister. Like we didn't need extra. Like that's enough of a hurdle for the two of them to get over. Oh, and she died in the process of him cheating with her. So I'm just like, again, you have this perfectly wonderful relationship with Tommy that is functioning and healthy and she's clearly happy. And we have Oliver inserting himself into it to blow it up. Like, look at what a hero I am. Not to bring up Vampire Diaries like yet again, but we've discussed on multiple occasions that even like if you you were on the opposite side of the triangle ship wars or whatever, you saw scenes with the other party in your case damon my case Stefan, of like where you're like i see what they're doing here and like i i see why this is a good part of this relationship even if i don't ship it <laughs> and that's just completely in laurel and oliver it's almost yeah. like they were afraid to show us that yeah it really was i mean they have i mean this is one of tommy merlin's best episodes in my standpoint because he's calling he's he's letting oliver know i'm readily aware of the bullshit that you're pulling right now and ain't fucking cool all right so like there's that level of like he doesn't come out and 
right away and say it, but he does kind of say it to Oliver. Like, listen, it took a lot for me to freaking stay at your house. So how about you, you know, take a step back from my girlfriend? So that's number one. Number two, um, Tommy being a has friend a dream speech with the little boy. Like, he tells, you know, the little boy who's grieving his mother that this is how he got through grieving his mother. And he sees her in his dreams every night, which is incredibly sweet. Colin did an amazing job acting it. It tears in his eyes. Laurel is completely blown away. And she's like, you never cease to surprise me, Merlin. Um, although I kind of feel like at this point she should understand like that he is like a great big teddy bear. And like, of course, he still misses his mom. But whatever. It's just I can criticize Laurel. The way, the day, but I'll throw her the bone. Me being thirsty and distracted. Um, have you seen the recent Colin Donnell Instagram photos of like how he's Apparently just the man's shredded? Some shape. Like, not like he was ever in bad shape. No, but he's like, like somebody showed me a picture and I legitimately didn't recognize it. I was like, who's okay, that? Hang on. Now I got to go look. <laughs> Merlin. Okay. Colin. Donald, two N's, two L's. Yep. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. What am I looking for, ladies? Shirtless? I would just go to his Instagram quickest. Oh my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> the mother of Moses. <laughs> Holy shit. He must have some kind of role that requires that because that is that requires dedication. Wowzer. Yeah. Because that's well practically done, season Bra- one all Bra- over muscles. Bravo. Bravo. Holy buckets. I can tell you Steve's not looking like that right now. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I say to you, Patty Murren, congratulations. Oh, they just had their second baby. Aw, is it another girl? I think so, yeah. Aw, I know it. Girl, dad. Uh, I'm looking yeah. like that. They're about smoke to have show. a third. Total smoke show. <laughs> I mean, honestly, would you blame her? No. No, but seriously, I was shown that picture and I was, was it you, Maddie? Somebody showed this picture to me and I was like, I don't. Who dad? Who is that? <laughs> Who that? Oh, oh, oh. oh. Bad oh. He's always been, been in good shape. Like, Colin has always been super hot. Like, but like, that's a different, yeah, that's like Steve level cut back. And in that's like one. a little bit of Silver Fox in there, too. I know, which is oh. just cherry on top choice. Choice. We're here for it. Thank you, sir. But yeah, it just feels, it feels very manipulative from Oliver's side. And I, I feel like I went into season two more with the attitude that, you know, Laurel and Oliver just, you know, fell back together because Tommy broke up with Laurel. And as I'm rewatching season one, I'm like, no, no I think what leads <laughs> distinct what I what really bothers me about it, what really bugs me about it, is that Oliver is clearly aware, I feel, that he's in love with Laurel still. Okay? Or he has romantic feelings for her. And he presents this all as, I'm doing these things as a friend. Which I have I, a theory based on that. But just... I don't think he was in love with her. I think what he he was confused about what he felt what he really felt was this need for absolution to make it right again. Well, yeah, there's and that. He like, thought that was like, that was. I know conflated that with infatuation. 
Yeah, he correct exactly. He confuses that need for forgiveness, and which again, which is why you know I love their scene in season two. That's that two hundred one. It's a great scene because it does actually tackle that subject matter mm-hmm. of forgiveness versus love, and what did that mean for each of them? Um, but like he's confusing it with. In order to fix it with Laurel, I have to be with Laurel. That's how he's conflated it in his head. And so he's, to me, he's really going in it with ulterior motives. And Tommy is well aware that there are ulterior motives. Tommy's like, you ain't slick, boy. I know what your game is. And also he knows Oliver. He knows Oliver's game and he knows Oliver's deal with Laurel. And this is probably not the first time he's seen Oliver wiggle his way back into Laurel's life yeah. like, life and are we really pretending that this is the first time oliver fucked up in their relationship and didn't get back with her no so i guess like as i was watching this first time around my frustration was like okay well why can't i see more of like laurel figuring out that oliver's a good person why can't i see the lunch why can't i see a friendship actually built one of the great things about oliver and felicity is that you see the relationship from start to finish. You see it evolve over time. I agree. And and we're given Mm -hmm. those small moments. In fact, the small little moments actually mean the most, most of the time. Just the little big belly burger conversations. Yeah, it's the little stuff that ultimately, you know, and the immortal words of Actually, I die it in yeah, in the mortal words of Joey of Joey Potter, it's the little, it's the moments that define a relationship. It's the little things. It's not the big stuff. It's the little stuff. And, well, and the little stuff makes us- the big stuff more worthwhile and more interesting. And like it makes the big stuff make sense. Uh, Arrow just likes to skip straight to big stuff with Oliver and Laurel, and I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't get. You're going to step five, and I'm missing two through two through four. Can I get two through four? Like, I kind of need that filler in order to get on board with this. So, to me, it's like, okay, we're ramping up, final three episodes, and this is what they do. They chuck Laurel back in at the end. They do the same thing in season two. They're going to do it again in season two. They chuck her in at the last three episodes. And you're like, Mm -hmm. where's she? Bitch, where you been? Now we're supposed to all of a sudden be like, oh, there's an actual, like, oh, you know, Oliver gives a shit about Laurel when we haven't heard him breathe her name for the last ten episodes. Suddenly, we're supposed to believe this is a contender. <laughs> Merlin Shipper, this episode enrages me. Like, I'm even more enraged than I, I was. I told you. <laughs> like, I thought it was going to be fine, guys. And it's not fine. I'm it's not, not fine. fine. It's like, I am just, there's just so much rage. And, and it gets worse. It does get worse. And I'm not super mad at Laurel yet. I'm really not. Because I kind of feel like she's a little oblivious to what's going on right now. I do feel like she was really focused on the kid. She wasn't oh, really yeah, agree. focused on Oliver. What she offers him at the end of the episode is nice. Where she's like, hey, thanks for letting me stay at your house. I see that you have evolved past the absolute scumbag I accused you of being in season in episode one. Fine, which okay, and I guess Oliver's he's... like, so you're saying I have a chance. Exactly. I'm like, that's <laughs> the way he takes it. And he envelops her in and presses her head to his chest and closes his eyes and Tommy's corner watching this all go fucking down. And Tommy's like, I don't like where this is going. Exactly. I was like, that's not how you and hug a friend. Like... It's a little close there, Oliver. Leave room for Jesus is like essentially Tommy's reaction. 
to speak and, and, kindly and on the world. Stranger things, I guess, can happen. Of Laurel only has the one side of just seeing Oliver slightly behavior and whatnot, but she's still focused on what she needs to focus on. Oliver knowing that he has like with the knowledge of like side of he's able to work that second angle and like his knowledge that he has that and she doesn't, it's a card that he's able and like shows more impetus on his part of like making moves because he's making moves as both the hood as Oliver. Because he knows her attitude about the hood. He's standing right there when he when she says the hood would never let anything happen to me. So like now we're pro hood. I don't know when that happened. I honestly can't remember. But Oliver knows she's more pro hood than she's pro Oliver. And he's known that for the whole season that like, okay, they've had their ups and downs, but overall she's coming out pro hood. So I'm going to use the hood as a romantic, like front to use to get in there. And Tommy is like, what the fuck dude? And on it kind of but where Tommy's gonna go wrong is Tommy's just gonna like give up and he's gonna get mad and he's gonna give up he's gonna get mad and then he's gonna give up which is like the big and again like okay it's supposed if if Laurel Lance is meant for the you know if she's the epitome of morality and she's the golden jewel in this crown then it really becomes about who's the better man Okay. And it ain't yeah, because it's. <laughs> and like, I really, I will say something about. I'm ready, Maddie. Are you ready for something positive about Damon? Are you ready? I just want you to prepare. Go, go for it. Go. Okay. So in the Vampire Diaries finale, again, I will say they do love triangles really well in that show. In that finale, what ultimately sways Stefan in a lot of ways to give up his life because they're going back and forth who's gonna die who's gonna die and damon has a great line and he's like um you know i'm the big brother i'm sorry i wasn't better at it until now like and i was like oh my god best death line ever let him go out in a blaze of glory dying for his little brother but Stephen ultimately you know tricks damon and he's the one that ultimately dies for for damon and for the town um he says something to Elena, though, because there's this whole episode they've been talking about who's the better man. And Elena, or Catherine, who's evil version of Elena, um, is saying how Stefan's the better man. And yes, like the whole show, I really, I mean, they're both kind of disaster zones morally, but Stefan is always presented as um, he fights the darkness in him while Damon fights the the light. Like, it fights the good in him. Like, they're both, they have both, but you know, Damon doesn't like to be viewed as good. Um, Stefan's trying to be good. Like, that's the difference. And there's this attitude that, you know, Stefan is ultimately the better man. And from my perspective, as a Stellina shipper, he always was in that perspective. But what Damon said, what Stefan says to Elena is, you know, Damon was ready to sacrifice himself for the whole town tonight. And he was the Damon of my childhood the Damon that I loved the Damon I always wanted you to get to know or and I want you have it to have a chance to get to know that Damon the Damon he was before he became a vampire the Damon who raised me essentially and he said he's the better man so you're he's not saying vampire Damon is the, the better man he's saying Damon human Damon is a better man than Stefan 
Um, and as you've seen in the show, it's true. Who Damon was as a young man when he was human was incredibly sweet, incredibly kind, incredibly compassionate, incredibly loving. And the yeah. tragedy of Damon is he loses all of that when Stefan convinces him to become a vampire. And that's why Stefan is like, that's why he's been, he's been fighting to get that Damon back from day, from the start of the show. So to me, it's okay. Laurel, who's the better man conversation. And this episode clearly shows it's not Oliver. He's operating really from an extremely manipulative, essentially dishonest level. And it's Tommy who's being above board. And he's being above board with Laurel while also keeping Oliver's secret, which I think is really shitty because Oliver, again, inserts himself. There were no problems between Laurel and Oliver or Tommy and, and Laurel until Tommy found out who Oliver was. Now he has to keep this huge secret, and he's keeping this huge secret from his girlfriend. Gee, I wonder who who didn't want to do that when he had a huge bombshell that he wasn't allowed to share with his with his girlfriend. Um, at that point, fiance. Oh, that was Oliver, and oh, don't make me keep the fact that I have a son from her. Well, Oliver made Tommy keep the fact that he was the hood from Laurel. It's yeah. a huge wedge between the two of them. Tell Laurel what's wrong with him. He's grieving. He's upset. He's been lied to by his best friend. His best friend's a murderer. And he can't tell the woman he loves any of this. He can't talk about that with her. It's really, it's really shitty. So I'm really coming and out it, of Tommy's the better man. And it I makes like, two thirds out point, of a love triangle look like bad people. Bad exactly. selfish people. And I'm like, why am I rooting for Oliver and Laurel to be together? The point is we're not supposed to root for it. The point is they're leading up to this to showing what a destructive force this romance is. Culminating some... with the ultimate destructive force and exactly. ultimate episode. Radioactivity. The, yes, radioactivity. So it's it's it was not clear to me at all when I was watching this the first time. It really felt like when I was watching this the first time was, okay, we're just going to get Oliver and Laurel back together and we're just going to tease this Felicity flirtation thing, which I kind of was like, isn't that kind of wrong? If he's desperately in love with Laurel, why are we even having any kind of like hinting at the chemistry here? It just felt, I was like, Again, can we really buy into Oliver's feelings about Laurel if he's flirting it up with Felicity in the Arrow Cave? I don't know. It just felt weird to me. So they really present this as, who's the man who deserves Laurel? And my attitude has always been, it's Tommy. It was always Tommy. But now watching it on the second time around, I'm like enraged. I'm enraged This is why I always say Tommy deserved but laurel didn't deserve tommy it's not that tom laurel deserved tommy more than oliver it's that tommy didn't deserve laurel well it's very it's very frustrating that she doesn't see it and I think that there's a big part of me that i have a hard time fully blaming her in a just lot wait. of regards. Just wait. <laughs> I know. I, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to watch that episode. And I'm going to like, I'm going to be like lit on fire. Part of, part of the, the part of me that's like, I can't 100% throw on the bus is because she doesn't, Oliver doesn't tell her the truth. Yeah. But also she's operating from a place of ignorance, which I don't think excuses her. Like yeah. Tommy's her think... boyfriend. She should be loyal yeah, to him. Yeah, she should be loyal to him. And when or... Oliver comes up to her and asks her in that hospital, 
do you still have tell me you don't love me and she's like yeah. i can't tommy yeah. didn't fucking deserve that i kind of forget about that yeah i'm gonna be in a rage when i watch that episode too all right it's like i guess why are you why are you the way you are also like i guess she doesn't tommy's argument is gonna be if she knows you're the hood she's gonna choose you which is why we want laurel to choose oliver she shouldn't choose the hood she should be choosing oliver so this this comment of hers to me is a little bit of a throwaway line. Oh, I really see who you are. And like their whole 223 discussion just, I mean, oh my God. I mean, I wrote, I wrote a dissertation on it because it drives me nuts. The whole thing, the whole thing is a fucking lie. The whole thing, start to finish, lie. So yeah, I just, you know, Tommy. Is 223 when she does the I know you my bones or is that somewhere else? I mean, that comes in season two. Then I know you and my bones comes in season two. When they randomly drop her in the last three episodes to make it look like um, Oliver's actually be- picking between um, him and like they try to make Laurel look like a viable love interest at the at the end of season two to make this choice that he's making about whoever he loves the most like suspenseful. And I will give them credit. They had me worried. They had me very worried. When they reintroduce her in season two. Because again, it's like, bitch, where have you been? Like, she's on a separate show. They, she they had us very worried for one time and then never again. <laughs> yeah, then I was like, then I'm fine. Like, what's, what's the past season two? Like, Jennifer, oh, it's just, okay. I'm confident. Like, it's all good. I'm fine. I'm fine. But like, honestly, truly, season one, three Comic Con was just like, oh, it's smooth sailing from here on, right on. Even if they break up, it's fine. <laughs> The other thing, she needs to be the person to, like, shut Oliver down. Like, all of these little, like, little teeny moments, she needs to shut him down. Like, like this is inappropriate on Laurel's side. So, Callie's right, too. So, okay. All right. I don't even care about anything else that happened in the episode. Do you, Maddie? No. Like, we get the little nugget of the Roy won't, like, turn over on the hood of because he saved his life so it's it's leading up to roy's team arrow journey but yeah other but like, than that see, again roy and thea get a glow up in season two like right now it just kind of feels yeah we're killing time till we get to season two i really feel like we're it's, like, it's really to it to me what's driving the rest of this is uh ota and oliver tommy laurel love triangle for the last three episodes so i'm just gonna get angrier and angrier just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna like blow my lid over the next I just know it so I haven't rewatched these since the first time I watched them I have not rewatched them I think I rewatched the Oliver uh and Laurel scene in 223 to write that meta that was the last time I wrote it and what was that like eight years ago so I'm just gonna be like yeah this was like first time I don't even think I had fully seen this episode this was in the phase because I I was a I was in college, so you, it's hard to watch live TV. And they, I would mainly just search like Oliver and Felicity episode number on YouTube and, and just see what clips there were. And sometimes yeah. there's very much not that much. Um, right. You're missing a huge, so. you're missing a lot in season one. It's <laughs> in a good chunk in season one. Good chunk of the show there, girl. But it yeah. quickly got okay. basically by like 15. I was like, oh, this is pretty much. Like, I, I vaguely knew I was going to be on Tommy's side because I've always been on Tommy's side the whole time about this whole thing for the entirety of the show. Even when I was watching it the first time, I was on Tommy's side. But 
I did not realize I was going to be this angry at Oliver. And I'm really pissed at him. I'm really mad. It's bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. He's so manipulative. It's just wrong. He's like, he's like Lucas manipulative with the flip-flopping kind of like and the inserting himself into like, you know, he like won't just let just leave her alone. Like he can't leave her alone. That's what's wrong. Like the yeah. the respectful just let thing it go. Like, yeah. would be to leave her alone and let her be happy. And what really sucks about this to me as a Merlin shipper, I feel like he blows that up. Like, I think she could have gotten over him and we could have blown past a lot of this bullshit if he just took a step back. But ultimately, this is just, it feels really selfish. And like, Tommy does not deserve this. Like, Tommy's done nothing to deserve this bullshit from Oliver. It's really not okay. To me, Oliver's walking around like he has some claim to Laurel that I just am like, you don't got it for anymore, brother. Like, you don't. It You blew that up when the boat went Dibs down. Dibs is Sorry. not a thing with humans. Exactly. So, all right. Okay, well, we're going to yell more okay. about Laurel and Tommy next week. Yes, because okay. we will be more consistent and... Well, we'll try. We're sure going to give it our best shot. That's for sure. We're sure going to give it a try. Because we're going to give it a okay. shot. All right. Because fun fact, I as far as our last two recording sessions, I hadn't published, so I made a super nice. sized episode. <laughs> but we've been like, like over a month, four minutes, so they're going to get a nice big long one. So yeah, so it's like an hour and a half of of so many tangents. Nice. It's it's great. awesome. Tangent time. Yeah. We love a good tangent. But we'll be back next week's an actual fun one. So yay. <laughs> okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to listen next week. Subscribe to Watch Over on iTunes or Google Play. And look us up on Twitter and Tumblr. Bye! Bye.